standing by face to face two men who are in the tournament and ironically enough with the history involving the two of you the background you're going to be facing in the opening round of that tournament uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, a former World Wrestling Federation champ, and his opponent, Razor Ramon. Welcome, sir. Uh, Mr. Ramon. What? Uh, you have met the Hitman be uh, Hart before, yeah, have you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it Shut didn't up, work Gene out Man. all that well for you, did it? Oh, uh, laugh it up, Gene Man. Yeah. I'm not laughing at all. I know the Hitman. It's I... a fact. Shut up. I know the Hitman. Everybody knows the Hitman. He's like a worn-out recording of your favorite song. Time to fast forward. Take a look at the bad guy. The Nutter Center, that's the right name, man, because Hitman, you nuts if you think you're going to beat Razor Ramon. Uh, Brett, Brett Hart, uh, uh, this guy gave up to you once before. I mean, that oh, is a oh, fact. That no is way. a fact. No way. That's a fruit. You know, Gene, for for the longest time, I've, I, I've known I'm the number one seed, and I knew that I was going to be ready for the whoever it was that I stepped in the ring with. And now I've got the privilege and the honor of stepping in the ring with Razor Ramon for the second time. But you know something, Razor Ramon? Yeah. Ever since I lost yeah. the World Wrestling Federation title, <laughs> I've only got one thing on my mind. And that means going straight back up to the top. Oh, and yeah. the fact that you it's you standing in my way makes it Big that much trouble. better. Because yeah. I can promise you one thing. When I step in the ring with you, I'm going to wipe you out. I'm going to stomp you out and punch your face in. And I can promise you one thing. You will have the sharpshooter put on you. And oh, this yeah. time, you'll oh, have yeah. to give up oh, nice yeah. and loud and clear. Oh, yeah. I want that uncle real loud. Yeah, I want okay. everybody okay. to know that you gave up. Because that's exactly what you're going to do. I don't need you to give, give up, up Chico. In the because when I hoist you high above my head for the razor's edge, you won't be able to give up, Thank Chico. you, gentlemen. You'll be out cold. There's a lot about that promo I love. That is amazing. Um, there's so much goodness. I can't believe I found it. Uh, yeah, that, that's like a pre-King of the Ring 93. Yeah, yeah. So, Razor Ramon, full of charisma and wit. <laughs> yep. Is just like Gene Mean, Hitman. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, it's a good thing we're in the Nutter Center because you've got to be nuts <laughs> <laughs> to be up against me. Yep. You know, and then Bret, Bret Hart, the witless wonder. Just stumbles around, eh? Like, all stumbles around in a pre-recorded interview, and then is like, I'm going to stomp you, and I'm going to kick you and beat you. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> and it's like, first of all, it's pre-recorded. Secondly, it's like, there's, how, how is he not able to, to, to at least match? I don't know. Like, the dude, how long has that dude been fucking wrestling? At that point, what, 13 years, 14 years? I just don't understand. Fucking Bret Hart. And he's been, and he's been in the WWF for, what, like, seven years? Yeah, and he's been the champion. Like, you'd think you'd get, you'd get okay? I don't well, know. Well, he's all about getting snug in that ring, though. Yeah, that's right. I'm not too worried about being snug on the interviews. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the what best... Well, what was that track that you played? I, I couldn't I couldn't place it. La Dolce Vita by Ryan Paris. That's okay. That's the one you wanted me to listen to and I haven't listened oh, to it. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> some like some like kind of like French pop 80s song. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I heard a good clip of, I heard a clip of it on a Vine video and I was like, "What is that?" So, if I can check it out, it was Perfect. fucking fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> choice. When you know what uh, again, this is a mezzanine sleepover. It uh, is, uh, and I, if you, yeah, if, if you listened uh, to our last one and you've come to listen again, well, congratulations. <laughs> yes, um, I'm at Slip with Five Eyes or Sleep at Megamix.com. All my word. Uh, so by the time I, I'm going to make a statement, and of course by the time you hear this statement, uh, it's like you know already. It, it, like saying it today, it's already like two weeks outdated. 
Yep. Uh, Pop Star, great movie. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me. Uh, a must see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah. A, a soundtrack that uh, is not universally great, but there are, I'd say, at least six tracks on there that are classic, like immediately yeah. classic. So there you uh, go. Off Lonely Island, they always they bring the goods. Yeah. So just we, uh, in our world, we uh, got, got around to watching Deadpool, so we're a little behind. <laughs> I give it a solid, uh, you know, thumbs up, but yeah. you know, didn't I, I didn't I didn't I didn't quite get uh, the greatness of it. The story is fucking thin. Yeah, but it's still good. It was good enough. Yeah, it was fine, a lot of right? a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know wit and and banter. So there you go. Uh, so what are we doing today? Well, we are not pulling out calendars and agendas. No. So, so you can so you can you can stop hovering your mouse over the pause button. <laughs> over the or delete the, or button. Or the X that closes the window. Over the unsubscribe button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna it's for all you wrestling fans out there. We're going to talk about a Royal Rumble. Now originally we wanted to take a, a look at uh, at in your house Canadian Stampede, but I, I don't have the network, so No, so you can't see it. Unless I cannot see it. Unless it's on YouTube. There is a YouTube video of the uh, big match from the Stampede. Yep. But it's... The video is, like, surrounded by graphics, so the actual yep. video of it is all tiny within the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. My uh, favorite YouTube videos, I gotta say. Uh, my son, when we're in the car, sometimes, like, t- tonight we were um, we were out for a dinner with my wife's family, and we, you know, we were out a little late. And so it's like, well, we gotta get the kid home. But I don't want him to fall asleep in the car. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Take the phone and, you know, watch a YouTube video. So he gets like Ninjago or Ninjago. Uh-huh. His new thing. Lego, Ninjago. And my favorite thing is when they, to, to, to kind of get around whatever, copyright or whatever, people will speed up the video a little bit. Yeah. And it sounds ridiculous. But he doesn't give a shit. He's just watching that and loving it. So, hey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he doesn't care because it's all TV. All well, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like I don't give a shit what kind of TV I get. Our new thing is we used to do like movie night on Friday nights. And it was like a thing. He doesn't watch TV during the week, but you know Friday night, you know, we can watch 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 some Netflix. But we decided to convince him now it's all to do movie morning on Saturday, so we can all sleep in. Oh yeah, so you just I'll just go down with him and I'll sleep on the couch. He watches TV. Awesome. Movie more. So what happens on Friday nights now? Well, nothing. We just play play and shit like that. All right. Movie. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing Royal Rumble 99, folks. The Russo Rumble. Yep. Um, We just decided. We just decided at the last minute. We were like, let's just do uh, the 99 Rumble. I like doing Rumbles because I've seen them a lot. So we love Royal Rumbles. Oh, yeah. It's probably my favorite pay-per-view. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I love it every year, even though a lot of them are bad. What about 95, though? 95 was a decent one. Actually, it wasn't. 95 with the, with the 30 second, with the one It was a terrible intervals. one. It was fucking terrible. So bad. 95 anyway. was bad. 95 was really bad. But um, we were excited because Shawn Michaels won. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, in the 99 Royal Rumble... Um, oh, actually, another thing I should say about Royal Rumbles in general... So one thing that we like to do for Rumbles is we like to do a Rumble Pool. That started in 2002. Now, some people, when they do Rumble Pools, because other people do these, but typically all that they do is they they take names. Yeah. And and they're like, whoever wins, wins, right? Yep. So we take it up a notch. Yep. And what we do is, and and I'd recommend this for anyone out there who does uh, any Royal Rumble watching. So you've got the 30 participants. So take the number of people that you have in the room. Let's say that there are uh, five of you. So yep. so you draw numbers, and in that order, you each get to pick one person. Yes. Uh, then, after that, you get the rest of the participants, because there are 30. So you get the rest of our, their participants assigned to you based on the order in which they come out. So if I pull number one, then I get the first person that comes out. If you yep. pull number two, you get the second person, and so on. And, yep. you, and now you get to score points. They become part of your roster to get points. Yes, and then they get points. And then the points are determined by uh, some which we do all the time. So, for example, an elimination is worth two points. Yep. Uh, a uh, thir- You know, you get points for if you're fourth, third, second, and you win the Rumble. Yep, yep. 
And then we've added additional points. Bonus points! And these can be arbitrary, but they can be a lot of fun, depending on if you're watching a new Rumble or if you're watching an old Rumble. Yes. So some of which we've had. Uh, one that was always hard to determine was if they do or if they run to the ring. Yep. It would almost have to be a judgment for the people in the room. So the other people would be like, okay, that's a run. Because sometimes they kind of jog. Yeah, or, or some guys, so- you know, kind of run like from the from the bottom of the ramp into the ring and that's not enough yeah so there's that uh there is uh in for older ones if they're wearing tassels yep uh it, what kind of packs they're wearing yep yep are they wearing tight are they wearing tiny gitch packs in old ones you'd probably get points for long packs um newer ones you'd get points for gitch packs because they're well for a while in the, in the 2000s they weren't you didn't see as many as those uh we also uh, dead wrestlers dead wrestlers for old rumbles yep. which there are a lot of uh we had some where the the one year that we really fucked it up was where we were like okay if the guy almost gets eliminated but comes back in you get a point yeah for so your then guy. It's like Rey mysterio doing that like 40 times during the rumble I know, terrible terrible yeah. Uh, so anyways, that's uh, a Royal Rumble pool, and you should yeah. do it. You should do it. Go back and watch old Rumbles. Like, my wife loves watching Rumbles because we just do pools. Exactly. And she always used to be like, you can always count on her because if, 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 if Booker T came out at her time, she'd be so mad. <laughs> Not Booker T! Because <laughs> he always gets eliminated real quick and never eliminates anybody. That's right. Oh, actually, though, we did we did have a rule where if your guy got eliminated before the next wrestler came out, you got a point. You got a point just as a, you know, kind of a loser point. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, there's your Royal Rumble some epic ones. I remember some epic ones. I, the most epic was uh, 2008. When fucking John Cena comes out last. Yep. No one picked him because he wasn't supposed to be in the Rumble. We were watching it live and he fucking wins it. It all changed <laughs> the whole fucking pool. Yep. That was awesome. The first <laughs> one we did was Royal Rumble 2002 with Mustafa and you and me. And it was a hoot nanny. Remember when we used to go to famous players to watch and we'd do the pool there? We'd have our fucking sheet of paper and our fucking pen at the movie theater. And we'd be cheering on ourselves. We're all in our 30s. <laughs> uh, so, Terrible. So this is the 1999 Royal Rumble. Uh, so yep. obviously January of 99. So right in the, right in the new year. Um, what is the WWF like at this point in time? It's Russo-rific. Like, big time. So Vince like, Russo big. is the booker. We've yep. talked about him plenty. If you listen to us when we review WrestleMania 15. Yep. Uh, there was SummerSlam, one, SummerSlam 99. 99. And now this is another one in 1999 with Vince Russo booking it. Yep. Um, there is, we are in the midst of the Steve Austin-Vince McMahon feud. Yep. But the world title had been on The Rock, but before, prior to this event... On a on a t- on a raw, yeah. Uh, Mick Foley won the title. Mankind became champion. So they have a match, a I Quit match scheduled for this Royal Rumble, which we will get to because it's famous. It is very famous. Uh, now, now, before we go anywhere, where did we watch this? I think this is the one that we watched at Cathay House, one of the last ones. Nice, because I do believe that this was the mini trophy. I believe so. Or what, though, was that 98? No, because 98, Austin won. I would have never bragged with a mini trophy over that. That's right. So what happened was we used to watch pay-per-views uh, at Cathay House, which is a Chinese restaurant. On region, on just on, at the end of Naren, right, yeah. before, right before Lash, yeah. And in the basement, they, it was literally just like a hall. Yeah, they had a little hall in their basement. So they would set up these long tables. And they would play pay-per-view, and you would pay, I don't know what it was, $10? And I swear they were they were ganking that signal. Yeah. <laughs> the signal, would, the signal would cut out so, so often. WWF, and I remember we watched a fucking, uh, what, we watched Starcade or something, 97? Yep. Awesome. Uh, so we would we would go there, they would serve, they would serve two items, they would bring down egg rolls. Yep. And fries. Yep. <laughs> so always fries. And... As with any wrestling event, there are plenty of people in the crowd who at you would call marks. 
Oh, the marks were plenty. That that are really into it. They kind of believe it's real. There, there's legit anger when the bad guys win. Yep. They want the good guys to win so much. Yep. So for this rumble, oddly enough, I I I just like to antagonize them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Can you believe it, folks? <laughs> yes. So for this rumble, what happened was, prior to going, we went to Value Village. Of course we did. And I bought the world's smallest trophy. <laughs> it was a bowling trophy. You could hold the trophy. I could take my like thumb and forefinger and hold the trophy between the two. Yep. And I brought the trophy in and proclaimed that I was the master prognosticator of yep. Royal Rumbles and that Vince McMahon was going to win the, win the Rumble. Yep. And I would hold this tiny trophy up and it was so upsetting to everybody in the room. It was. <laughs> you were cutting your teeth for being the most hated Jets fan on Twitter. I was. I'm a go. I was the most hated wrestling fan at Cafe House. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway. So, the Royal Rumble, uh, we'll get to it. But it famously featured uh, Steve Austin and Vince McMahon both in it. Yeah. So, what happened was Vince came out and said, Austin, you're in the Rumble. And, oh, by chance, you're number one. They drew his number. And, of course, it was bogus. He rigged it, so Austin would have to be number one. And so then, Shawn Michaels, who was doing a commissioner fucking deal. Yeah. The commissioner gimmick. uh, Came out, like, the next week on Raw and told Vince, well, Vince, you're number two. Yep. And so I guess Vince had to listen to him? I guess so. I don't really understand. But, you know, hey, it's it's Russo WWF. Yeah. So for so we some... got that going on. We got Rock and Mankind. Rock, of course, is the big corporate heel. He's Vince McMahon's next to Vince. He's the next big heel. Yep. In the company, and he's really breaking out big time on his own. He had, he'd won the title at the uh, Survivor Series tournament. Yep. And we we all know how much we love tournaments here on the Sleepover. Yes. And we're not going to talk about the tournament. Just look on Twitter, fuckers. I'll, I'll put it in uh, here. All right. All right. Hey, that was hey, great. Okay, wow, big so winner. Crazy. Tournament, All right. Great tournament. Um, so then uh, some of the other things that are going on, I guess, at the time are a bunch of random shit. Yep. Like, is that, is that, does that make sense? Because I, just a lot of little feuds where way too much storyline is given to them. Uh, and a lot of the way too much storyline plays out during the rumble. Yes. So, um, Strap in, folks. Strap We're in. About it all. Uh, um, I, of course, have watched this many times. Most recently, over the last couple of weeks, um, or the last couple nights, sorry, uh, where I've fallen asleep many times, <laughs> um, and woken up in the middle of the rumble. But I remember it. I've seen it many times. Um, I'm watching it off the uh, anthology edition that you gave me when you moved. I fell asleep during the first match, the first night I watched, <laughs> and then uh, I finished it up this morning. So. Yeah. Um, I'm watching off of the network. So there might be some difference. There is a little bit of editing of the music, but um, overall I think it's pretty much capturing most of it. Yep. Um, so let's, I guess, there's a few matches that really the two significant matches are the Rumble and the title match, but there's a couple of matches that they threw on before. My yeah. notes are My notes are sparse, but... Well, um, can I, I'll start with the best part about the opening is it starts with no chance. And this is the debut of No Chance in Hell, a theme song that Vince McMahon is still using 17 years later. And it is one of the greatest theme songs ever, especially when you're playing No Mercy. And it hits, and Daude comes running out. (laughs) So, yeah, so the reason for this song is because Vince McMahon said Austin has no chance in hell of winning the Royal Rumble. Yep, so so they had one of the greatest video packages ever. Vince training for the Royal Rumble. Legitimately awesome. Like with Shane. Shane, of course, butt breaking out at this point. Yep. From like an annoying guy who was like a kind of an announcer for a few weeks and people hated him. And then he started kind of, then he did these promos with Vince where he's training for the Rumble. And it's awesome because, um, and I don't know if they play it later, but I remember seeing it at the start um, of mine where, you know, it's it's great because he's got Vince running out in, out in the cold and he's out with the megaphone out the roof of the fucking limo. Yep. All yelling at Vince to get ready for Austin. Yep. All getting him to punch meat yep. and chase chickens. And then all practice the stunner. <laughs> That's right. With jobbers <laughs> in a practice ring. It's so good. It is the peak. Yeah. And uh, and there's a part where Vince is doing uh, sit-ups. 
Yep. And I think he's got weights on him, and he's all frustrated, and, and he's all, you hate Austin. And Vince's like, I hate Austin. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, about, like, almost a year into the Vince-Austin feud. Yep. They've so, been feuding since just after Austin won the title. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not as fantastic as the first match. Um, I, on my version, they have interviews before the match. Oh, do they? both Road Dogg. And Big Boss Man. Mine didn't. Mark Henry thrown in, and Jeff Jarrett, all talking about the $100,000 bounty Mine? that Vince put on Steve Austin. Mine did not have limit- this. Yeah. This was on the whole video exclusive. So my, my favorite one is, so they're talking about this bounty. Vince McMahon is like, so it's not only that they're both in the Rumble. Now Vince also has said $100,000 to whoever throws out Steve Austin. So, <coughs> excuse me. They do backstage interviews before the event. And you got Road Dog talking, and it's Road Dog, so it sucks. <laughs> Boss Man is all kind of like just a regular guy talking yep. about winning the money. Jeff Jarrett, pointless, because he's a non-factor. Yep. And then they have Mark Henry talking about he wants to get his big mitts on everybody <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> oh, good. And he's wearing fucking denim overalls. <laughs> So then they show like the opening video, blah, blah, blah. They go to No Chance in Hell, and we go right to the first match. And it's got Cole and Lawler, because JR's out with uh, Bell's Palsy. Yep. And Michael Cole is terrible. But we'll, we'll get to that. Road Dog Boss Man. Ugh. Boss Man is tag champs at this point. Boss Man is the tag champ. Road Dog is the hardcore champ. They do not make it a title match, though. No, they don't. Jerry Lawler says that if it was a title match... A boss man would quote kill Road Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's only I only have three notes about this. One well, I is, remember what's that? One is right before they lock up, when they're both in the ring. Boss man just starts hitting the ropes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just starts running the ropes. Yep. I guess to intimidate Road Dog. Yep. Then I put kicks and punches, and that's about it. Yep. Boss man wins clean. Boss man wins clean with the with the boss man slam. That was eleven minutes, by the way. Oh. Um, Road Dog does his spiel, but it's his spiel where they're the tag team champs, but he does hardcore champion of the world, and people chant along. And, and they, he they still, just dig it. He still does the. Uh, he still references the badass Billy Gunn. Of course he does, because he can't. He all isn't. He all isn't swift enough to fucking. Like, just, like, modify it. It all has to be the same, so people will sing along with him. Yep. Um, um, I don't remember a heck of a lot. It was fucking boring. One time, I remember talk, when we were talking about SummerSlam, or, uh, yeah, I believe SummerSlam, and I was talking about how, like, in the in the late 90s and, and stuff, you could watch matches and be like, even the worst matches were, like, better than some of the older stuff. This does not apply. No, it does not. This match was bad. I gave it, it a like star. A match. I gave it a star. Yeah. I concur. Uh, that was a, that was better for like second hour of Raw. Match number two: Badass Billy Gunn versus Ken Shamrock for the IC title. Yes, Ken Shamrock is the IC champ. Yeah, the match is made because Badass Billy Gunn at a Raw mooned Ken Shamrock's sister. <coughs> yes, he did. This enraged Ken Shamrock, and it was part of Billy Gunn's plan to make him put the title on the line. Yes, because you know when you get Ken Shamrock mad, it's knuckle up time. That's right. Um, lots of crotch chops. Lots of crotch chops. I always love like Billy Gunn because he's in Degeneration X and he's all on badass, and it's like okay, that's cool. But he comes out in hot pink tights with lips on them that says Mister Ass, and he does his spiel at the start in his you know southern voice and sounds terrible. Yep. And he references. He he does some kind of a hashish reference. <laughs> I can't remember what it is right now. I looked it up, and it was like a reference to like a medicinal marijuana clinic or something. Oh yeah, okay. That apparently, he did many times in singles things when he's talking. If you're not down with something WPMD or something, then I got two words for you. And then they everybody says suck it. But again, it's just kind of thrown in there. It's like badass. I'll try to be so cool. Yeah, he's he's totally not the coolest. Like he's the little least, piercing on his he's, eyebrow. He's like the least coolest of all those DX guys. Like yeah, in a in a stable with fucking X Pac, by the way, he's <laughs> the and the road dog, 
and fucking and Road Dog, yes, and fucking Triple H with his long blonde hair. Oh God, such degenerates, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Shamrock gets the heat by beating up Billy Gunn outside the ring. Yep. Uh, there is a terrible ref bump spot. Yep. Uh, Val Venus does a run in because I yeah, guess he's uh, also feuding with Shamrock. I guess. Yes. Which would, yeah, he was. So he does a run-in. Uh, Shamrock kicks out anyways after the interference. Ugh. And then he beats uh, Badass by giving him the ankle lock. Yes, he does. That's it. That's the whole match. That, that, that's all. I, my favorite part is when he, when when he, when Shamrock goes out of the ring and he all tells the crowd that he smells blood. <laughs> <laughs> the psychology goes out the window. And uh, it, it's it's not a very good match. No, I gave it a star and a half. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a star. It was boring. It was 14 minutes long. Ugh. Well, this For next... God's sakes. The match after that wasn't very long. I don't know what happened, because I'll talk about it in the Rumble, too, but Gangrel didn't have himself a very good night. No, not really. He takes so on X-Pac. For the European Championship. Uh, I wrote, Gangrel's purple velvet pants. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, there's a point in the match where Teddy Long's the referee. Yep. And he all just counts three when, like, no one's shoulders are down. That's right. And there's confusion. That's right at the end. Yeah. Uh, all that ultimately happens is X-Pac hits all his spots and then his finishing move and wins. That's right. That's it. And that was it. Five minutes. Six minutes long. Gangrel, who was, uh, as they said in commentary, the gothic lifestyle, which meant drinking... Uh, chalices of blood and spitting them. <laughs> I don't know. That's what he did. Oh, God. Uh, we saw Bronco Buster, so that's good. Yes, we did. So, uh, you know, he tried it a couple times. <laughs> so, you know, he's teasing the Bronco Buster where he, you know, bounces his fucking packs in the dude's face. Yep. Which, uh, of course, years later, he would do that move and fucking, and fucking rupture his anus. <laughs> Or Sean Waltman in like 2014. <laughs> Fucking Pac. Paul tore his asshole doing the Bronco Buster. <laughs> Fucking Pac. <laughs> uh, uh, we forget. And again, we're sitting here and we're talking about a wrestler named X Pac. <laughs> yes, we are. And and his friends called him Pac. Oh, Because he used to be Six Pac. <laughs> like Six Pack, I guess. I guess so, but it's Pac, like Tupac. Oh, my God. Um, so then, this is interesting. Shane McMahon comes out. Yes. And in the network version, he comes out to some weird 80s music. Like, it kind of sounds yeah. like the Blue Blazers old music. No, he did. That's what he came out to. Okay. That's what it is on the DVD. Uh, Shane then introduces Luna Vachon. Who comes skipping out. Yes, and so like what happened? the hap happiest person in the world. So what happened was before the pay per view, I guess Luna That's right. Vachon. On what? On heat, she beat up Sable. That's right. Before the show, she beat Sable up. Uh, yeah. And so they're like, "Well, now Sable's been beaten up. She's going to have to come out and forfeit the title." Yes. So Sable comes out, and of course, she's the she's selling the, the back. Yeah, but she's also poorly, the, by the way, <laughs> grimacing in that Sable face. And she's the baby face, so she's like, ring the bell. Yeah. So they have a match. So Shane and goes out, and he does commentary. But Shane goes out, and he's all like, he, he, he says something all cocky. Like, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, uh, I don't know. He was like, Shane had kind of hadn't hit his stride yet. And I he guess. Something awkward. I guess his beef with Sable was just that he was a bad guy. I guess so. Like, I don't really I know. No, no, it's not really explained, but I guess you'd have to be watching Raw, and I don't remember fucking Raws. Come on. Um, it's a strap match. Oh, yes, that's right. Not a sexy strap match, though. No, no, no. The that would involve a, a, a jump rope. Though, though Luna's outfit, she, I guess she was trying to be sexy. Oh, my God. It's all her thong bottoms. <laughs> so bad. With the fishnets. Yep. It's Sable and it's uh, Luna Vachon. It's terrible. Uh, there's a point where okay, so here's what happens. They do, they do all the regular strap match shit, and then they do the spot where one person goes to the one corner. Oh, and the rule of the strap match was just stupid, yep. is that you have to touch the four corners to win. Yep. So Luna goes and touches a corner, and she's dragging Sable with her. So then Sable touches the corner. 
Yep. And they do this three times. So now it's like, oh, the next person to touch the last corner wins, right? Yep. So Shane jumps up on the apron to yes. interfere, I guess. And then a um, another person who who ends up being Tori... Yes. Comes in and, and knocks Luna out to help Sable. Yes. And then Sable wins. Yep. It went a, a big five minutes. So some convoluted ending, of course, where it's like, well, let's have one guy interfere and then another person who's not affiliated with them also interfere. Yeah. And uh, then she runs out into the crowd and gets chased by security. That's right. So, yeah, um, really, Sable, I mean, nobody gets the heat, really. No, it's terrible. I give it a dime. And, and and Luna gets no rub from from the corporation or anything. No. So I don't know. Dumb, bad, dud. Yes. Just fill time, right? They go uh, after this. Uh, I, re- I they had a, a backstage where they do like the the hidden camera of Bossman talking with Test and Shamrock, and holy fucking Shamrock short. Yes, he is. <laughs> like even compared to Bossman. Well, Bossman was a big dude. I noticed though. that until they. Because you, you know, it's interesting the way that they shoot out in the ring. They do a really good job. Those guys, they're, they're fucking pros, right? Like, they know how to shoot these guys so that they don't, those 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 height differences don't look quite as jarring. Yep. But you do, like, a long shot from a from a hallway and see them standing, like, level? God damn it, Shamrock was a tiny dude compared to those guys. Uh, so now we get to something very significant. Yes. We have Mankind against The Rock. Yep. So the story here is The Rock wins the title, the world title, at this tournament at Survivor Series. But what had happened was The Rock had come into the tournament as a good guy. Yes. And Mankind had come in as the corporation's choice, the bad guy's choice. Yep. But the corporation screwed Mankind over because their plan was to go with The Rock all along. So The Rock wins the title over Mankind. They kind of do a double turn. And they do like a Survivor Series 97 ending. Yeah. So now The Rock is the <sighs> corporate champion and, and Mankind is like sympathetic because he got screwed over and he's... Yeah, it was a, it was well done. He's a doofus, right? So yep. they have a match at the next pay-per-view that gets tossed. Yep. And then a few weeks later on Raw, they have another match and due to a lot of outside interference because Vince Russo... And one of the majorest pops of all time. When yes. Austin's music hits during the brouhaha, and he smashes fucking rock with a chair. Yep. Uh, And uh, Mankind wins the world championship. (coughs) He does. So now going into the Royal Rumble, uh, Mankind decides to grant The Rock a rematch. But but Mankind says it's under the condition that it's an I quit match. Yeah. And the idea is that Mankind throughout his career has taken like crazy punishment. Yeah. Massive beatings and never quit. Yeah. So he's just like, you'll never make me quit. So you can't win. You can't win this match. And he reads like a poem where he says, you'll never ever hear me say I quit and all this stuff. Yeah. Which is important later on. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, what's, uh, another thing that's important about this match is that they are filming a, wrestling uh, another video called Beyond the Mat. Barry Blaustein has access to backstage and ringside, independent of the WWF. He's doing a documentary on wrestlers, and one of his one of his subjects is Mick Foley. And so he's there with his camera, not only backstage for the aftermath and the lead-up to this match, but also during the match from the crowd. Which you don't see a lot, and you haven't seen since, for reasons that are become known at the end of this match. And so, one thing that so the most important thing about this is that uh, mankind's wife, like his legitimate wife, and his kids, and his two kids, who at the time are, I believe, both five or younger. His daughter is definitely under five. His son, maybe not. His daughter, who now is a writer, yeah, and I think is going to train to be a wrestler. Yep. Uh, but uh, obviously, back in these days, she is like a you know a small child. She's a small child, so they're there at the match. They've uh, you know like, and we're talking like, so we take we go back like eight six months. Mankind got tossed off the fucking cage at King of the Ring, and so his family you know has been subjected. Not they weren't there, but they have heard of and seen him go through a lot. Yes. 
and it's always been like, you know, it's not real. I'm I'm okay, but they're at ringside for this uh, I Quit match. Yes, and so is a cameraman filming his family <laughs> and him. And um, my favorite side note of this match is The Rock wearing a tracksuit. I have that too. That he's in full tracksuit mode. The Rock had had uh, had had surgery on his uh, uh, on his pectoral muscles. I believe. Yes. To have some of the fat drained out. And so he wore a, what can only be described as a silk shirt with track pants for this match. Yes, he did with his packs underneath. Yeah. His Brahma Bowl packs are underneath because they poke out quite a bit. Yeah. And so he's wearing this shirt to kind of not show the scars of his surgery. Yes. So again, what a great time to do get surgery leading up to the Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, where you are going to be challenging for the title. But anyway. So the match starts off, and it's an I quit match, which means that you win by having your opponent say I quit, and it's into a live mic. Yeah. So the ref is carrying this mic around, and the wrestlers will often grab it. And, and um, for the first part of this match, the mic spots are all com- are all comedy. Yeah. So Mankind will do some moves to The Rock, and then he'll be like, what do you say? And he'll put it in The Rock's face, and The Rock will be like, the Rock won't quit, you piece of trash. <laughs> so good. You know, or get your fat ass out of here. And like, you know. You like kiss the Rock's ass. Yeah, yeah. So like all sorts of comedy spots. And they use the microphone because they can pound on the guy's head with it. And it sounds all awesome. Yes, it does. Um, they fight to the outside of the ring. Um, there's a point, though, early in the match, which I think is important, uh, where mankind gets his mandible claw. Yep. So he pulls out Socko, which is a sock that he carried in his pants. <laughs> yep, with a face drawn on it. And he would put it on his hand, and then he would stuff it down <laughs> his opponent's mouth. And apparently, <laughs> when you applied the pressure to somebody's man- mandible... Yeah, underneath their tongue, I think. Or yeah, something. then you they, they would pass out in, in, wrestling, in yeah. wrestling land, right? Yes. So The Rock passes out, which under normal circumstances is a mankind win. But yes. But he, because he's passed out, he can't quit. That's right. <laughs> so the match continues. Uh, it spills out of the ring. They try to do the rock bottom on the Spanish announce table. Yes, they and, do. And the table gives gives. I know. <laughs> before they can do it. All legit bump. Yeah. Nasty. Uh, uh, the rock does the commentary. He puts on the headset. That's awesome. Yes, he does. So, uh, you know, classic. They fight into the crowd, and then they fight down the entrance way. And yep. they get to like the entrance of the like of the set, so like where the wrestlers enter the arena. <laughs> yep. And they're fighting there, and the Rock gets some sort of advantage, and uh, he takes a ladder, and for reasons that I don't understand, <laughs> uh, he puts the ladder up against. This is a little weird to describe, but it's like, I guess when you'd walk out of the entrance way, they would have collapsible seats there yep. but in this case they don't they don't have the collapsible seats so the it, you're probably about what like 12 feet up uh, yep. up this wall and then that's where the seats begin yeah so there's then, a guardrail and stuff yep so the rock puts this ladder at, at the side here and he climbs up the ladder so that he's kind of scaling the guardrail in front of the audience yep mankind goes after him of course he does Again, why either of these guys would do this makes no sense. Yep. And they do this little brawl, and The Rock gets the advantage, and he knocks Mankind off of the the ledge. So Mankind lands on what I guess are electrical generators. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, that's the idea? Yep. So these things spark up. It's actually a pretty cool spot. Not bad. Uh, they spark the up. They take the light. They put the lights out in the arena to simulate a power outage. Meanwhile, a spotlight comes on immediately. Yes, and Michael Cole <laughs> says that Mankind has been electrocuted. <laughs> yep, of course he does. Uh, which, you know, in wrestling, I guess, right? It's like a metal yep. pan with razor blades in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so I guess... Oh, and to, to add to the drama, they bring out Shane McMahon, and he's, yep. like, and he's like, we need to end this. And The Rock's like, I'm going to make that trash say he quits. <laughs> <laughs> So The Rock decides that he's going to continue with the match. And it now it starts to get a little nasty. Yes, it does. You you tell me what happens. Well, they uh they get they they get 
He drags Foley back into the ring. And uh, handily finds handcuffs at ringside. They're just they're just sitting on the table. It's like, now The Rock has handcuffs. <laughs> Why couldn't the boss man have dropped them or something? Yep. You know? Anyway. I mean, or show him, like, putting them there all deviously. He's yeah. the corporation, for God's sakes. Anyway, he finds handcuffs, and he uh, handcuffs um, Foley's uh, hands behind his back. I mean, not right away, but... Oh, no, you know, he does it right away. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. So, <coughs> um, beats him up a bit. Foley gets a, a low blow. Um, gets some bites in because he's got no hands free. Yeah. Um, but then Rock gets the chair. Yeah. And uh, first he hits the corporate elbow on the chair. Yes. Then he goes to the unprotected chair shots to the head. Uh, a lot of them. Well, he does what? Eight? Oh, ten total. I think it's ten, yeah. Over and over and over. Just, just over the head. And of course, while this is going on, Barry Blaustein's documentary um, uh, cameramen are filming Mick Foley's wife and kids reacting to every chair shot. Yes. Ten of them. And The Rock's fucking lacing him. Like, like he's like he's taking on Neil Bissett. Fucking... <laughs> 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 in the fucking... In the park beside school. Um... <laughs> um... The, Mankind, admit, like, says, like, after this is all said and done, like, he says, you know, The Rock, at this point, is still a relatively new wrestler. Yep. And, like, he doesn't dislike The Rock at this point for any of this, but he says, like, The Rock went too far. He went crazy. He went too far in the situation. And again, though, like, before talking, the problem, the reason he's not mad is because they talked about it before. And you know Foley. Of course. He's probably like, you know what, just fucking go for it. You know, just yeah. do it. You know, I can take it. Like, this is what we need to do, right? This yep. is my That's his thing is taking punishment. Yep. So The Rock just did it and I just, you know, didn't think. Yep. Um, there's a point where right in front of his kids, uh, The Rock stuffs the mic in Foley's face to tell him to quit. And, man, and Foley says, you'll have to kill me. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, young children. They're young. His son is, is, they're hip, but come on, they're still little. Well, and he's and he's legitimately getting hurt. He's bleeding all over the place. Yeah, like it's it's gross. It's fucking disgusting. There as but there are points where he is clearly giving his back to the Rock, and the Rock walks and around the, to the front. Yeah, and 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 waffles him. At one point, the Rock puts the chair across the back of his head. I know, terrible. It's awful. It's fucking awful. The dude, um, fully, uh. You know, he was not going to be in good shape coming out of his wrestling career anyways. Yep. But essentially what happened was uh, he, you know, I wouldn't even say gradually. He just kind of beat himself up over many years. And then yep. when he did the Hell in the Cell match, that was like, that took a lot out in one night. Yep. So then he did this title match. And I, I think he was like, well, I don't, I don't have that to give. What do I have left to give? Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, I'll do chair shots. That's what. Yep. That's what I have left." Yeah, such and a fucking he, terrible idea. Yeah, and within a year he was done. Yep. Yep. At like what? How old was he then? I don't think he was forty. Yeah, early forties. Uh, I don't even think he was forty. I don't know, but yeah. it was it was a bad idea. Like terrible, just a terrible idea. So he gets all these chair shots. Um, eventually he gets the last one where he's unconscious in the aisle. And The Rock stuffs the mic in his face. And clearly it's a recording of him saying he quits. I think that's fucking genius. Where he's like, I quit, I quit. And the ref just rings the bell. And yeah. and, and the announcers acknowledge it like, I can't believe he quit. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it clearly wasn't. And it's it's one thing for the ref to be really dumb. It's fucking Hebner. Yeah, but you no, know, like they—they really—it was weird that they didn't acknowledge it more because it was so dastardly and awesome. It would have been a great thing. It would have come off really cool if it was like, oh my god, that's not his. Because you know, like it just—it it, it seemed really rushed and weird, and and they didn't really. It's almost like they didn't discuss it long enough before. But um, the match—I I don't even rate it. It's, I can't. It's so hard to watch. The Rock. So the Rock wins. He's the world champ again. Yeah, they take Foley's like man, uh, his mankind mask off, and he kind of like he like fl flips his hair back, and yep. there's just blood everywhere. 
fucking it's, gross. Yeah. Um, I I put a star. Like, if you, it's so hard to rate. If you take the match, if you imagine the match where you know it's legitimate pro wrestling, where the guys actually protect each other. Where he's not hurt. And everything is simulated. Then you're like, you know, three and a half stars. Like, it's yes. good. But the fact that it took this guy legitimately getting his head bashed in. Yeah, no. Um, it's I, I gave it a star. I didn't rate it. I yeah. was like, yeah, it doesn't, I, I can't rate it because it's not really a wrestling match. Yeah. So um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And now I mean, the, the, the King of the Rings stuff were accidents. This was no accident. Uh, the, the toss off the top wasn't an accident. It was just it was it was um, no. staged. It was staged. He yeah. you know he he fell a certain way and landed on a table and it was it was not like uh, you know it wasn't like this. That was, this was much different. All right, the rumble. This will um, I'll speed through the notes. I have a lot of notes here. I have everyone that's come in and whatever. Oh well, that's great. Don't speed through it. Let's enjoy this. So we get to the rumble. Uh, the Fink does the announcement for the rumble. He makes it very, very clear that you have to go over the top rope and have both feet hit the floor. I know, right? It's all s- s- trying to explain it so much. Yeah, and it's and to the point where Lawler is like, "All right, dude, like we got, we only have an hour left." It reminded me of the time that we we were doing wrestling, and uh, we did this thing where where Shazam Cisco Genie was his music played, and we were waiting for him, and he didn't come out. And there was a genie bottle on the on the turnbuckle. Yes. And we were like, oh, my God. And then we turned around and we're all, where is he? To all cue you. Yes. It's all cueing everybody into it. That's like, God, better remember this. Yeah. And then you turn back and there I am because I've appeared yep. out of the bottle. Of course. Such you such know. magic tricks. So, yeah. So, Fink does runs down that. And, of course, Austin is number one. Austin is number one and McMahon is number two. And uh, the, the, the whole the idea here. Jacked. The fucking he's he's jacked up and he's all oiled. Oh god, it's amazing. Uh, and so the idea is that Austin can't touch McMahon until they're in a match. That's part of his contract, apparently. Yes. So the bell rings and Austin beats the shit out of McMahon, and the crowd goes fucking crazy. I know they've been waiting for it for a long time. Yeah, they they lose their shit. So this happens for a while, and uh, then Golga comes out third. Golga! Golga, who Head would be John Tenta, best known as Earthquake. Yep. In sweatpants, a Cartman t-shirt, <laughs> and a terrible mask. Yep. I don't understand. He also, in some matches, would bring a Cartman doll to the ring. Yeah, well, because they were big into South Park. Them, and and remember the New Age Outlaws all had South Park shirts on, too? Yeah, I know. Bunch of fucking like, nerds. They all love self Fucking terrible. Uh, so Golga gets tossed right away. Immediately. And as that's happening, though, that, that gives McMahon the opportunity to run away. So he goes through the ropes. Yep. Austin follows him. Uh, they they go... like two minutes of, of the big mm-hmm. shit, and, they're, and they brawl into the crowd, and they're gone. They go into the crowd, and they are fighting up through the audience. They pass a sign... That a fan has that says McMahon's on juice. <laughs> Lawler acknowledges it and says McMahon isn't on juice. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Draws comes out fourth. Puke. And, and He's they, got a puke. And they just show him go to the ring and that's it. Because then they go back to Austin and McMahon. Well, there's no one in the ring. Yeah. So Draws standing they, there. So Austin and McMahon brawl into the concourse and into the women's washroom. Yep. And the corporation, Mr. McMahon's, uh, you know, lackeys, yep. are there, and they lay a beating on Steve Austin. Yes. So while that's happening, um, Edge. The, while that's happening, uh, Edge comes out. Yep. Then Gilberg, who gets God. who gets tossed right away. Yep. Gilberg would be Dwayne Gill. Doing who, a Goldberg gimmick. Doing a, a a Goldberg gimmick, except that he's a jobber. Yes. Uh, then uh, Steve Blackman is seventh, and Dan Severin is eighth. The two least charismatic people in the world. Well, my favorite part is that they call Steve Blackman a young up-and-coming superstar. <laughs> yes. Then I wrote, they rightfully focus on Austin being stretchered out while the most boring people in the world are in the ring. Oh God! So they it's, go back. Austin. Yeah. Austin's been beaten, and they're stretching him out, and they stretcher him all the way to the ambulance and leave. Yes. Um, Dan Severn did come in wearing a fucking sweatshirt or t-shirt. He wears a t-shirt and he doesn't take it off. 
No. He fucking wears the t-shirt the whole time he's in there. God damn it, Dan Severn, like, could have been such a badass. I guess. Well, no, you could have just had him be a silent fucking crazy wrestler. At the time. He had the pedigree. At the time, it was all super exciting. We're like, oh, Severn and Shamrock. Yeah, and then they did nothing. Well, Well, they had a match, but, you know. But Severn was awful, right? Tiger Alley Singh is next. He is ninth. Uh, at this point, they again continue to focus on Austin going into the ambulance. Uh, he gets this loaded. This is the Royal Rumble, by the way, people. Yeah, this is a Russo Royal Rumble. So we've we've spent what half the time not even focusing on the ring. No, it's all about the ambulance and Austin. And yep, the fans are so concerned about Austin's well-being that as the ambulance speeds away, they all mug in front of the camera. They're like, <laughs> "Woo, yeah." <laughs> um. Well, this was '99, where everybody wanted to be on TV. Yes. all the time. Us included. Yes. Uh, Blue Meanie is 10th. Oh, my God. The, the star power in the ring right now. Dan Severn still has his T-shirt on. <laughs> yep. Then, okay, this, here we go. This. Okay. So, number 11 is supposed to be Mosh. Headbanger Mosh. So, they go, here's number 11, and uh, no one comes out. So, they yep. go backstage, and Mabel beats up uh, Mosh. And Mabel just re-debuted that night. Yeah, he's he is unaffiliated at this point. He's Mabel hadn't been around for a while. Yeah. So he then takes the spot. Because I guess when you beat up a guy and then just walk out, you're in the match. Yeah, that's that's a binding contract. So again, like in the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, if the Boston Bruins uh, beat up the Penguins and just skated on, on the ice, it's like, well... Well, you get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Mabel eliminates everybody. Yeah. This is the first of a few occasions, actually, where everybody gets eliminated. Yeah. Um, once he eliminates everybody, then at number 12 is the Road Dog. Ugh. And as soon as Road Dog hits the ring, the lights go out. Yes. In the Royal Rumble. Ugh. And when they turn back on, Mabel is outside the ring, and he's being beaten up by the Ministry of Darkness. The Undertaker's uh, faction. So the Undertaker is does not participate in the Royal Rumble. He's no. just there. In his big long cloak. Honono. <laughs> Full on Honono Undertaker. And he has his lackeys beat up Mabel. Yep. And they beat him up all the way to the back. Yep. And they throw him in a hearse. Of course they do. And uh, what what actually ends up happening is that Mabel becomes Viscera. And joins the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, so they beat him up, and then he becomes one of their members. Yep. But that that happens at a later date. You don't want to overbook your rumble too much. (laughs) (laughs) So the ring how has what? Road Dog. and Road Dog left? No, Edge was tossed. Road Dog is by himself. That's right. Okay. So now, Gangrel makes his second appearance. (sighs) He gets tossed right away like an asshole. Yep. Kurgan is 14th. Kurgan, of course, is one of the oddities. Used to be part of the Truth Commission. He is, like, uh, what? Um, he's not seven feet, but he's close, so they bill him he's as... He's a, a tall dude with a giant head. And he's awful. Oh, God. He's giving fucking knees to the gut to Road Dog in the corner, and, and they're so fucking And he's got so a tie-dye pants, eh? Yes, yes. Oh, God. Um, Al Snow is 15th. And him and they do a pretty good spot here where him and Road Dog are double teaming uh, Kurgan, trying to pull him yep. out. And Al Snow is climbing the ropes to get leverage on Kurgan. Yep. And when he's on the second rope, the Road Dog just kind of looks at him and just gives him a little push and tosses him over. Awesome. So that's a good spot. That's good. Uh, at number 16, Gold Dust. Gold Dust. Number 17, Godfather. And he has his hose. Yes, he does. Um,. Uh, Kurgan has been in there for way too long, I say. No, it's just so bad. Then, uh, Kane is number 18. Yep. And for the second point in the Rumble, Kane eliminates everyone. Yep. So he tosses all the jobbers, and there's a massive pop for this. Oh, they're loving it. Like, Kane is over. Yes. Um, so then... Uh, a this bunch- is the worst. This is the mm-hmm. one of the worst... This Could this be the worst Rumble moment? So... A bunch of the white coats. Is orderlies. Orderlies. From uh, Insane Asylum? Yes, they come out and they're trying to capture Kane and put him into a straitjacket. <laughs> what the fuck? 
So one of them hits the ring and Kane, you know, gives him a choke slam or whatever. Of course he does. And then he decides to chase after the other one. Oh, no, he decides to run away. So, of course, he does it by stepping over the top rope and eliminating yeah, he himself. he faces the back. They, they run away from him. So he eliminates himself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he runs away. And the ring is empty. In the Royal Rumble. Again. Yes. Second time. So, so 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 far, let's just recap because we're you know almost two thirds of the way through. So in this this rumble, yeah. uh, McMahon and Austin have fought outside, and Austin has gone away in an ambulance. Yep. Another guy has been abducted by the Undertaker's Corporation and taken yep. away in a hearse. Yep. Another guy has been chased away by orderlies. <laughs> oh have man! I, have I got all of that? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, now, at this point, when the ring is empty, uh, Vince McMahon makes his return. He comes walking down the aisle. Yeah, so he comes and back. And he goes and sits on commentary. Yeah, he's all happy because he's gotten rid of Austin, and he's still not eliminated. Yep. And then Ken Shamrock comes out next, and uh, Vince just gives him the ring. Yep. And uh, Ken Shamrock gets to wait for uh, Gun. Billy Gunn at number 20. Now, Billy Gunn, of course, fought... Ken Shamrock earlier and injured his leg. And to his Billy ankle. Gunn's credit, he's still selling the ankle. He's got no. He's he's missing a boot. Yep. And he's limps out like oh, he, running limps. He does. If he if we had a point for running, we would have gotten one here. Oh yeah, because it's not just a run; it's like a hopping run. It's a magnificent running limp. It's a good sell job by Billy Gunn. Yes. Um, test is number twenty-one. Yep. And now is where actually Mabel hasn't been in the hearse yet. Now we go backstage and Mabel's yes. getting thrown into now the hearse. Now he gets into the hearse. And the imp- but, but the important part here is he gets put in the hearse and the hearse drives away. Yep. But coming back at the same time. <laughs> the other way. The, the ambulance. So Austin <laughs> has now commandeered the ambulance and is driving uh, it back. He's broken the law, by the way. Yes. He has stolen an ambulance and he has brought it back to the arena. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, right? Lawler said something like he's like that they should call the cops. Yes. Because he's, he's a car thief. And it's all absolutely true. <laughs> By the way, also I should mention in the pre-show, they weren't letting Austin into the arena. They blockaded him with cars oh, yeah, and barricades. So he went and got a monster truck and ran over the cars. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> uh, so Austin makes his way back to the ring. And then the big boss man is out at 22. Yeah. Triple H is out at 23. Yep. Then I wrote, there's a spot here with Billy Gunn. Austin clotheslines the living fucking shit out of him. <laughs> yep. And the crowd is like, they gasp. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Val Venus is at 24. Ugh. Val Penis. Val Penis. Yeah. Uh, then Austin tosses Billy Gunn, who takes like a sickening bump over the top rope. <laughs> yep. Like, fucking dude, man. Well, he stomped him on his bad foot first. Yes, he did. That was awesome. Uh, the rumble picks up. It's pretty good right now. Yes. You got a lot of good names in there. You got Austin in there. Vince is on the outside, and you know. Yep. People are waiting for his comeuppance. And uh, it's rolling along pretty good. X-Pac comes out. Yes, Pac. Yeah, good old Pac. Mark Henry. 26. And then uh, number 27 is Gisette. And, uh... The- Jarrett comes out with Deborah, and uh, they get a pop. But then uh, the fans turn on them when they when they when they find out Deborah's not going to be uh, taking off her her jacket. Yes, and then Dio comes out at twenty eight. Yep. And so here's the storyline from what I could tell. Uh, he comes out with uh, Terry Runnels and yeah, we Jack- talked about this. Jacqueline. We've talked about this previously at the WrestleMania fifteen one. Uh, yes, Terry Runnels is wearing a shirt that is it's just see-through. that's just see through. <laughs> like her tits are just there. Yep. And They're all, hey, look at us. So I just wrote PMS is with him. She's wearing a see through shirt, Terry. And there is apparently a storyline about a baby. Yes. So Terry Runnels was pregnant, and then she wasn't, and Dilo was involved, and now they're with him. Yeah, or she miscarried or something, and they blame him, and he's their indentured servant, I think. Okay, whatever. Again, it's Russo-rific. Yeah, they don't go to the ring with him. He just goes to the ring by himself. Yeah. Uh, then Owen Hart is number 29. Let's go! And China is number 30. Yes. She China eliminates Henry single-handedly. Yep. Uh, and then Austin tosses her. Yep. 
Uh, some other limbs happen. We get down to the final four. So yes. the final four, well, five, because McMahon is still outside commentating. Yes, he is. Uh, so the final four are Austin, Owen Hart, D'Lo Brown, and the boss man. A uh, 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 veritable Hall of Fame of, of final fours. Honestly, at that point, it's just like, well, come on. Like, just get get McMahon. They don't even keep, like, Triple H in there or anything. No. Like, let's just have three jobbers in Austin. Yeah. Uh, Owen goes next. Yep. Then D'Lo, then the boss man. Yep. In that order. D'Lo, though, does get the uh, the frog spot. Or the... the lowdown. The lowdown in. The so, down low. Yeah, the down... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when it's down to Austin, he, he, like, now McMahon and Austin are left, the two of them again. Yep. So Mick, uh, Austin goes out and he grabs McMahon and gives him a fucking epic beating, including just a fucking nasty chair shot to the head to McMahon. Of course. Like, just a horrible... Oh, it's terrible. I know, it's bad. The, the chair shots in this era are terrible. Yeah. Uh, so then they fight, and Austin gives McMahon a beating. Now, he doesn't do it here at the end. At the beginning, he beats McMahon up, and then he teases like he's going to throw him out. And he doesn't. But yeah. he's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep beating on him. Yeah, and actually, that's one of the very few things where the motivation kind of makes sense because they're like, "Well, you can't beat on him if you're not in a match." Exactly. So, so he's like, "Well, I can still beat him up then." I need to beat him up because he wants to beat him up so bad. So here at the end, he gives McMahon the stunner and he gives him the elbow off the second rope, and I guess he's about to win. Yep. And then something confusing happens. I know. Uh, you 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 can tell us. Well, the Rock comes out. Yes, carrying the carrying the belt, carrying the belt, and he starts trash talking Austin from the outside, and he gets up on the apron, and Austin goes after him, and then McMahon dumps him. Yes, dumps dump, dumps Austin from behind, and Vince McMahon wins the Royal Rumble. So. Don't don't you just think that this makes Steve Austin look stupid? It does. And the weird thing is, Austin wasn't really the type of guy to um, get tricked. To get tricked, and but even in real life, like Austin was the type of guy where it's like, if this stuff was presented, he would be like, "Well, doesn't that make me look stupid?" Exactly. But in this case, he just went with it. I don't know. So maybe, like, he, like, maybe he really liked the idea of, of McMahon winning the Rumble. I guess. I mean, I guess that's part of it, right? Is like when your boss is like, here, like, <laughs> like, here's how I can win. He's like, I guess that's one way you could win. Because how else is he going to put him over? Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, yeah, so Austin gets distracted. The guy who's smarter than everybody else. Yes. Gets distracted by The Rock and McMahon dumps him. And Vince McMahon is the winner. And you, of course, were elated. I I presented the world's smallest trophy. I held it high in the air. Yep. And declared myself the champion prognosticator. Much to the yep. anger of uh, the crowd at Cathay House. Yes. Yes, they were not happy. But, you know, fuck them, right? Yep. Uh, so the uh, they're Shane and Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe come in the ring. And all the bad guys drink beer and act like assholes. Of course. And it's actually pretty funny. Well, because they were funny. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon would go on later in the year to win the world title. He sure would. Oh, so he wasn't done yet. Well, Russo wasn't done yet. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So, that's the Royal Rumble when Vince Russo books it. Just way too much stuff. Way too many things. Uh, pretty, like, impressive that they could figure out, like, the timing and fitting all this shit in. Yeah, but... But way too many things came out of this rumble. Too Too, many storylines. Too many storylines, too many goofy things, too much shit outside of the ring. Yep. Um, I don't know. Um, This would have been one of the worst ones to watch live. Though, I I gotta say, though, it did did have that that air of excitement. Like, you're like, what the fuck are they gonna do now? So there was that. (laughs) But that's the way Vince Russo liked to play it, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything's a fucking swerve with that guy. We've talked about it before. Uh, yeah. and about, uh, you know, taking his kids to school. It's like, swerve, you're going to the dentist. You're going to the dentist. So if you want to uh, hear kind of what the aftermath of this was, go listen to our WrestleMania 15 review. 
Yes. Because everything from this leads to WrestleMania 50. And the next day, by the way, McMahon forfeits his shot at the world title. Does he? Yes, he comes out and he's just like, I'm not going to fight for the world title. I thought he fought... Oh, okay. No, so he does that. He does that. And then uh, Shawn Michaels comes out and is like, well, when you do that, you put the power in the commissioner's hands to make a main event at WrestleMania. And I'm going to put Austin in the main event. Yeah, and then Austin and McMahon are like, "Well, McMahon says, well, I'll fight you in the cage, and if you <laughs> and if you beat me in the cage match, you'll get the shot." Yeah, and that's when they go to the next pay per view, Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, and they have the cage match, and then Austin wins that, and then he goes on to the Austin wins it looking weak. Yes, he again. Does. Yeah, where he gets tossed through the cage by the Big Show, who also looks stupid in his debut. Yeah, just dumb. So it's pretty dumb, amazing. Dumb, 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 dumb. Uh, so there you go, uh, SummerSlam or SummerSlam Royal Rumble. That's our third 1999 pay-per-view we've reviewed. Well, it's Russo, right? I still really want to do Great American Bash 2000. I just don't know where you can find it. Yeah? Yeah, it's horrible. Well, WCW in 2000. It's the one where fucking Sting gets tossed off the set when he's set on fire. Oh, God, so good. <laughs> Which is just enough for it. If, like, right there, you're just like, come on. I, I was just thinking about... I, I have to mention, if I think about absurd wrestling things, I, I would love to... I, I, I'm going to go... I'm going to watch tonight that uh, some TNA where where Sting has a bird and he all keeps Eric Bischoff at bay by having a bird like watch over him. Yes, <laughs> the bird all gets over. It's all the bird is all is all so menacing that that Eric Bischoff all can't leave his desk. Yep, because there's a bird perched there watching him. Uh, I think that was a Russo <laughs> thing too. I'll tell you some of that WCW though. My God. My God! Well, they're up to ninety nine on the network, and as soon as they get to two thousand with Nitro, I will watch every single Those one. Those Nitros, you get Queewee out there. <laughs> Here's the Queewee, <laughs> not even Kiwi, Queewee. Uh, Terrible. Right. Anyway, yeah, Royal Rumble ninety nine, thumbs down. I uh, I mentioned Pop Star at the start, so let's play this one going out. Uh, this is a, this is a song called "Turn Up the Beef." Nice. Uh, the, the joke of the song is besides the chorus of "Turn Up the Beef," it's uh, he's like, "Oh well, some pop stars come out with like uh, with um, catchphrases or whatever, right?" Yeah. Let's make a song where it's just catchphrases. Nice. So, anyways, we'll play this out. I nice. At- shout out the the, the Beeb was here like two days yesterday or some shit. Yeah, oh, Saturday yeah. night. Here we go. Terrible. Throw your body on the flame. Let your knee release. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, I, that was the mezzanine sleepover. I'm at megamix.com. I'm at slip with five eyes or sleep. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you jerks all in a week. All right, right? we're going to cook. We're going to cook up some nice shows. Absolutely. Give us some ideas because clearly we need them. All right. All right, ready? Go. Sorry, Dad. Squirrel jam. Balance in my check. Serbert and the Sherbert. Squark. 100 gift baskets. You're now rocking with the Tesla boys. Sleepy Benjamin Franklin. Watch me veg. DJ Tanner. Swanky Pups. My mama moped music. Costco samples like a motherfucker. Ooh. Crank up the mids. Patrick Stewart. Money. You know who he is. Kind of for real. Turn up the